0: All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. Who's excited? What are we talking about tonight? What? Something like that. Yeah, you got it. This is so funny. You know why? Um, Because this front row right here, you guys were like my little sixth grade boys just two years ago. First small group ever. What was that? It was like my first small group that I got to be a part of. And I loved it. And you guys keep coming back, which means something's going on, right? Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about three different things, and we're going to fly through it. So it's going to go a little bit deeper in small group, and we'll go deeper um, next week as well. Um, I'm probably maybe it won't fly through it um, because I really want to hit home on all this stuff. Well, we are in the third message in the relationship series and next week we're going to have a panel so if you think of questions throughout this message that you're like wait I wish he would have explained that better I really want a better answer to what that looks like then I need you that number do you remember the number that I needed you guys to text then you just send your question to that Number, just shoot it out, like throughout the message, or write it down in your notebook and shoot it out later so that we've got questions. Um, We're going to have a panel next week of people that are smarter than me and further along than me. Um, They're going to help answer some of these questions, so if you've got a hard one, let's try and stump them. It'll be worth it. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about lust, pornography, and sex. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Who's intimidated by these subjects? Not very many. Most of you probably just don't want to raise your hands. Um, who's uncomfortable about these subjects? All right, me too. You know what? I want to um, read this scripture verse before we start. Psalms 51, 10 through 12. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Um, you know, David in the Bible, you guys know David in the Bible. We talked about him a couple times. He's the one who killed the giant, later became the king. Yes. Do we know David in the Bible? Okay. You find the story in, um, second Kings, second Samuel, second Samuel that talks about David right before he wrote this. And what he wrote was this Psalm to God after he was confronted for committing adultery. And I wasn't sure how deep I want to go in this story because it's kind of wild. He, he um, sees someone that he really thinks is attractive and he goes like, I'm already married, she's already married, but like she's really hot, so like let's just do it. And yeah, did you know that happens in the Bible too? It's not just real life that people make mistakes. It happens in the Bible too. But the thing that I want to draw out in it is that when David was confronted with this by a prophet sent by the Lord, when David was confronted, he didn't go like, oh no, it's all good, I was like king and so it was cool because the king could do whatever he wanted. He said, no, 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 I am so broken, I am so sorry, I am so hurt that I grieved the Lord's heart, that I made a mistake, that I, that I sinned against him. And to go even further, that relationship that he had with that woman produced a son and God said that the consequence would be because he produced this, this offspring in um, sin that the son would die. So as the son became sick, David actually spent seven days in sackcloth, sitting in ashes, and chose not to eat for, for the hope that maybe God would give mercy to his son and he would live. Um, unfortunately, um, God followed through on his promise that his son would die because of the way that he, he came to be. But what that gave opportunity for was just an amazing testimony of repentance and how the Lord doesn't forsake you when you come and you repent to him and you're just like I'm sorry but the reason I tell you guys this is because the whole thing just starts with this idea of lust and lust is really easily summed up in first John chapter 2 verse 15 do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in them for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. I, I like, the lust is, like, just the root of everything wrong that we do. Like, there's pride, obviously, right? And pride fills us up and kind of, like, causes us to think higher of ourselves think more like we're god and he's not but but the like right there alongside it is lust and it's not just lust in a sexual sense but even lust in just the sense of like i want what they have but the thing about lust is it goes tandem with pride you can't like be a humble person and also like have this really strong like lust in your heart because if you're humble you continue to lay that down before the lord and it doesn't just eat you alive but the thing about lust is lust is like the thing that's just with every person, specifically with men. Lust is like hard for men. And I'll tell you why it's hard. Is because God has created in us a desire to go out and protect and love a woman someday, right? To produce a family. But like what do we do with that desire until we get to that point? And what do we do in a season of waiting when we feel like we just want something more than what we're given? Can I come down to your level? I feel like I'm talking down to you. I just want to tell you that God has a plan, a hope, and a future for you and your life. But we need to be intentional to guard our hearts and our minds against the plans of the enemy. Because he has a desire too. Just like God has a desire for your life and a plan and a purpose, the enemy has a plan and a purpose to rob you of what God has for you. God wants good things for you. The enemy wants to take those good things out of your life. And lust is the beginning of that. As soon as you start to lean into a desire for something that isn't supposed to be yours, you're leaning into the plan of Satan to strip you of your future. Let me explain to you how lust works. We am use a story. Anybody like to go deer hunting? If you don't like to go deer hunting, do you understand deer hunting? Yes, there's these brown four-legged creatures. They run through the woods. And we're always trying to shoot the one with the biggest antlers, horns. And as we're out there trying to do that, what time of the year do we go? The hunting guys would refer to it as the? The rut. We go during the rut to shoot the big bucks, okay? Why do we go during the rut? because they're stupid. They're stupid during the rut. I'll tell you they're stupid, because here's a story of me. I'm in the woods behind my house, tracking a deer that I knew I didn't kill, but I had to follow through with it, because I made a bad shot, okay? I'm tracking this deer, and I come up to this opening, and I'm like, I'm 10 feet to this, this just little four-corn buck. It's got a lot of potential, a lot of purpose. Walks around me, just chilling. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I was like, dude, you better run. I'm going to shoot you. Like, this is so weird. Would you just go away? Because it was starting to creep me out. He would like come up over my shoulder almost. And I was like, geez, would you just get out of here? And so finally I went, okay, whatever, man. You just came back again a third time at 10 feet away. I'm just going to, you know, like, here's my tag. I'll burn it on a little buck because I missed the big one. What did that deer have in its mind? It had a lust for what it wanted. It smelled the dopey and chased after it into its death. In the same way, guy or girl, we see that thing walking through the halls at school, that person, right? We see that person. We see that video on our our phone, the TikTok, the Twitch stream, whatever it is, right? We see it, and all of a sudden, lust kicks in. And we start to get really stupid and we start to make bad decisions and we start to say wrong things and we start to click on the wrong items on our phone and that message that we were just going to send or that streamer that we just wanted to watch playing Fortnite actually led to something completely different and we don't actually know how we got there just like that deer didn't know how it ended up in my freezer but you know what I'm saying if you don't like hunting I'm really sorry It, it, it all goes to good use I don't throw it away but it's the, same, it's the same way. Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy every part of your life, and he will begin it with the ability to kill, steal, and destroy what God intended for you to have as a good thing. He intended that your sexuality would be a good thing, but it will become a very bad thing really quickly as soon as you lean into lust. So that is my encouragement with lust. We can't love the world, anything in it, any person more than God, and as soon as we start to prioritize someone, something, some feeling over God, as soon as our actions lead to glorifying ourselves and our flesh instead of glorifying God, then how are we any better than that deer in the moment? Just following our desires, right? Your flesh will eat you alive. Lust will eat you alive. You've got to be able to lay it down over and over and over again. The second bit that we get caught in when we give into lust, in many cases, is this thing, right? Pornography. I'm not going to give you a definition of pornography, okay? Any, any type of, may I will, any type of, of nudity, or just seeing more than you really need to, which is someone's face. Are we being real? Like someone's face. We don't really need to see their body, their body type, anything like that. Like what's the point, right? It's not a need. I wouldn't classify that as pornography necessarily, but like Let's be really real with the things that we allow in our Instagram feed versus not. We don't need to follow certain accounts, certain people, or even if we're in a season where this is a hard thing for us, we don't need to follow certain peers that have different standards than us. And that's okay, we don't need to feel bad about it. Okay? We're trying to take care of ourselves spiritually. We're trying to kill lust in our lives. We're trying to kill any desire for evil things or unright things in our lives. I wanna read this verse. I know you've all read it already. Luke eleven thirty three through 36. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. To see it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Do you understand what this means? It's kind of a lot of light versus dark, right? But let's understand it a little bit better. We used this analogy really poorly one time in here, right? Where we had them turn the lights off and then as fast as they could turn them back on is as fast as the darkness leaves the room. Okay, same concept with our hearts and our lives, right? We put our eyes on things that aren't of God, Things that don't fill us up, that don't bring God glory, that don't bring God purpose or joy, right? What does that do to our soul? As we let in darkness, it just fills up into our soul. Does it say that it stays there? Just until you look into the light, right? Just until you fix your eyes back on on the light. That's the picture of grace in this passage, right? That it doesn't matter if we fix our eyes on bad things at one point or we looked into something that we shouldn't have or we clicked through a link or whatever, Pornography is all over the internet. You guys probably don't see like physical pornography ever. Your parents' generation was physical pornography. My dad tells me a story of this time that he was um, like hanging out with his friends or whatever and they came across a magazine and they knew exactly what it was because they saw the magazine, right? Like just a Playboy magazine or whatever and they just had to pick it up and throw it away as quick as they could. Like let's not look through it, let's not mess with it, let's just throw it away. I really like that story. It's a little bit harder now, I think, because you guys don't know what it's on my phone like right now i'm looking at the cutest person in the entire world second to my wife don't worry but like you wouldn't know right and so nobody's going to know no one's going to find out no one's going to know the darkness that you're letting into your heart into your soul only the holy spirit and you know But we have to be so intentional because if we walk down this road, we don't understand that the damage that it's doing to our our spirits, our souls, and our future. It's just robbing us of what God intended to be such a good thing. And I know you always, like, sitting in your seats, maybe we do this once a year, maybe you've heard a message or two like this before, or never, but, like, sitting in your seats, you're like, marriage is so far away, like, what's the big deal? It's not gonna hurt me, I'll just get over it, like, Like, you'll be chill, right? I can tell you standing right here right now that it doesn't go away. It doesn't not hurt you. It doesn't not affect you. From a really young age, I looked at pornography, not because I had this crazy desire for lust, but almost just a curiosity of like, what is this thing that everyone says is so good? And I struggled with it for years and years and years. And then I was like, but once I get married... Like, I won't struggle with it anymore because I'll just, like, I won't need it anymore, right? But that's not how it works. And so then it, it, it just became this thing that started to attack my life and my mind in other ways and in other forms. And even with accountability and even with really intentional practices, it still can attack your mind because it still is kind of just stuck there imprinted on your brain. But I believe that there's healing for that, too. Because just as much as I experience those things and even, like, at times have to be so intentional to say, like, Holy Spirit, would you take that away from me? Like, the memory of viewing upon something like that, would you take that away from me? I believe that, that in many ways, God actually took and shifted my mind and almost, like, like put away the actual images. So I don't forget the circumstances of the situation or the consequences that I battle now in my life, but I do forget the actual images that I looked at, which is like amazing because psychology says that that's impossible. Psychology that says that once you view something, a chemical in your brain is released that allows you to not forget it, that it's imprinted on your brain kind of. But God's bigger than that. He's bigger than our brains, bigger than psychology, bigger than any chemical in our brain and can actually erase and remove that. But I want to be, um, we got to be timely, but I want to be intentional too. I, wa- I want you guys to know that, that it's not a bad thing to struggle. It's a bad thing to struggle alone. Because we can't do it alone. God calls us into community because he desires for us to have people around us that want us to do better, that want to champion us and encourage us and push us forward. And I believe that he wants to do that for you. So no matter where you're at in this this landscape of sexuality, whether it be lustful thoughts or viewing pornography or even um, being sexually active in any way, God wants to surround you with people to encourage you. And that doesn't always mean it's your peers. That could be like your, your youth leaders. That could be myself or Jessica. That could be like like those people first, and then then we have to find peers that that are on the same page that want to run that way together, because sometimes if we're not all on the same page, it just pulls us back even a little bit further. You know what I'm saying? Are we all grounded on this? Okay, let's keep going. This next one, I want to talk about two pieces. I want to talk about sex just for a moment, but then I also want to talk about emotional ties. The verse I pulled is 1 Corinthians 6, which actually talks all about sexual immorality. So if there's a verse that you want to read about a chapter of the Bible that you want to read that kind of like outlines like positive sexual relationships versus negative ones um, and what to run from and how to uh, battle your flesh in that way, that's a great one. But verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. As I was worshiping here tonight, I felt challenged to challenge you in this sense. Okay? We so often want to chase after Jesus with everything. We'll lay it all down, our agendas, our plans, our schooling, our desires after college, all the things, right? But how often do we disconnect our relationship with God and our sexuality? How often do we disconnect our relationship with God from how we view ourselves and how we pursue God? Even when it comes to the things that we think about and the choices we make in regard to that. All the time, for me, especially in high school. Because I'll tell you what, when my mom... (laughs) I love my mom. I hate this situation. When my mom caught me viewing pornography, I was a student leader at church. I was on the worship team. I was there all of the time. And I I looked like I loved Jesus a lot and I felt like I loved Jesus a lot. Not even kidding. Like I actually like, I was so like bought into the lie that I could do both that I, I like felt so much like I could keep pursuing Jesus, but like also have like my side gig. <laughs> my thing that I didn't want to kill, that kept eating away at my purpose and potential. But then in that moment, like when, when the dark thing was brought into the light, so my mom finding out about it, another person that had authority over my life and spiritual authority at that, saw that, Brought that into light and went, like, hey, this isn't cool. Shares that with my youth pastor, my youth leaders, all the things. And, like, I had to go down a road of repentance and a road of reconciliation and a road of gaining back trust. I am the single reason that my brothers won't have a phone until they're 16 that, like, belongs to them and has all access to the things. Because my mom decided that at that point, like, we need to be intentional to keep this away from us. And everybody's on a different journey, right? Like, I'm not saying that your parents have to do that too, but, like, Maybe even doing that for yourself in some way would be really healthy. Because I'll tell you right now, like, we can't live both ways. We can't do both things. We can't have one foot in the world and then one foot with Jesus. You'll never know Jesus. I'm sorry, you just won't. And so if you want to run this race and you want the hope and the help and the joy that Jesus brings, you have to say goodbye to the things of the world. You have to say goodbye to the desires of your flesh. You have to say goodbye to anything that could hold you back. Sin and sexual immorality is going to hold you back. Pornography is going to hold you back. Lustful thoughts are going to hold you back. It's going to keep you from ever knowing Jesus to the fullest. It's going to keep you stuck in a spot where you just like, why am I anxious and depressed all the time? Well, like, what's going into your head? Like, what are you consuming? Sometimes anxiety is a real thing that we experience, and we're not consuming anything bad, and we just have to work through it and get through it. Depression, same way mental health in general, right? But other times I go like, wait a second, like what are we consuming that's letting darkness into our life that's showing up in a different way? What are we watching on TV? What are we playing? What kind of video games are we playing? Guys, there's crap in everything. The sexual references in like (laughs) the little kids shows are everywhere. And it's just a joke, it's just funny, Right? But we just keep little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's not that bad of a picture. Oh, that's not that bad of an action. Oh, that's not that bad of a meme. But we just keep letting it in until Satan says, oh, that's not too far with your boyfriend. Oh, you can touch there. Oh, they still have their clothes on. And then what? And that's where I want you to catch this piece of emotional ties. I mentioned this last week. I didn't go super into detail because our our junior high friends were with us and the junior highers, they they can take it. They really can. But they're in a whole different spot in their life and so we just communicate on a little bit different level. I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more real with you guys without worrying about them not understanding something. When we talk to people, we build emotional connection with them. When you like a boy or you like a girl, and you start talking to them, you start building an emotional connection to them. And so just talking is just dating, in my opinion. If you're shooting a text back and forth, you gotta say good morning, good night, like, I'll see you later, like, catch you at school tomorrow, and it's happening day after day after day after day after day after day. Like, I get that sometimes we have that brother-sister relationship where it feels like that, but we still have to be really careful. Because sometimes you don't know what the other person's thinking you don't know how Satan's going to mess with your mind someday. We have to be careful with emotional connections, but then we have to be even more careful when we do step into a full blown relationship and we say, yeah, this is my boo thing, right? You don't like that? Is that too, like 2010. Okay, cool. That was before I was dating, too. This is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend, right? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> just more generic. But then we, then we start in like, okay, I'm just gonna, just gonna kiss them one time. Just one time, just one time, just one time. And we're just gonna make out for like, let's set a timer so we don't make out for too long. Dude, I'm not messing around. I'm being so serious. Like, you don't understand. It's like when your flesh wants to justify something and say that it's really not that bad, you will go to great lengths to justify it for the sake of you being able to do something that's gonna take you further away from God. You'll go to great lengths, great, great, great lengths. We need to set our bodies apart as living sacrifices for Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. The Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of sin. And when I just keep letting sin into my life, I just keep consuming that thing and I keep just building that relationship longer and longer with this person and we just keep going a little bit further, a little bit closer, like what's too far? I don't really know anymore. How am I supposed to even know what the Holy Spirit says in that moment? So you know why so many teenagers that are dating, they come over and they'd be like, "Um, how far is too far? Do you know why they ask you that question? Do you know why you guys are gonna probably ask that question at some point? If you wait until you're dating to ask the question, you're going to ask it because you can't hear the Holy Spirit's voice anymore. And you've already gone too far. You've already stepped too far into something, some sin, some action, something that you just really like the way it feels that. you, You can't hear Holy Spirit's voice say, yo, like that's never what I intended for you. That's never the way I wanted you to experience what it meant to like have someone that you cared about. Dating's cool. It's really fun to get to know people. I liked it. I enjoyed getting to know people just in a genuine sense. But it's also really dangerous because you carry all those emotional ties with you and then you carry... Any sexual ties with you too. Anytime you do anything sexual with someone, it just stays with you. And you have to break that in the name of Jesus, and just say that you claim victory over it, and that you're not going to be pulled down and back into anything ever again. Right. So I hope that, I hope that tonight, as you go from this space, from this room, that you take the opportunity. To just really think. Not how far is too far, not like what's cool with me and my boothing. How are we gonna like toe the line? But instead, like, how does God want me to set my life apart for Him? How can I be so intentional with every part of my being that that I would really put Jesus first in all circumstances? I encourage you, if you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you get your journal out and you write down what your boundaries are, what is okay and not okay in your mind. There are some amazing things that I really wish that I would have like, thought about, like riding around in the car alone, not really helpful. Hanging out at theirs or your house alone, not really helpful. Great boundaries to set in place doing a ton of stuff with other people, especially not, not, not as you start your relationship because it's kind of easy as you start your relationship. You don't really know them. You're freaking out. You're super nervous. But it's actually really hard as you continue your relationship. So if you ever step into an engagement season in your life, then hang out with a ton of people. If you're getting close to that, then hang out with a ton of people. Keep people around you all the time, people that want to see you succeed because it gets harder the longer you know that person as you want to marry them, Right? But I want to encourage you, get your journal out. Set some boundaries. Like, what's cool for me? What does God say about this? Don't kiss, like, every opportunity you get to. It's kind of funny in junior high. Like, I got my first kiss, or elementary, or wherever you were, you know, however old you were. But, like, hopefully you were at least in elementary. My daughter kisses too many of her friends, Jessica. Um, she's two, okay? She doesn't understand it, but let's be intentional. Set some boundaries, like, like where are you going to stop? What's going to be okay and not okay for you? What does God say about it? I say that God doesn't want you to, to make out until you orgasm. God doesn't want you to touch the other person. Close on, close off, doesn't matter. I'm being like really honest and real with you. That stuff doesn't need to happen. It's not supposed to happen. You're supposed to just, like, get to know them, learn about their soul, encourage their spirit, bring them to church. Last little bit, and then you got to go to small group, okay? I thought about this idea. Um, I was challenged with it anyways. You know, like, the term missionary dating? You might not. It's like where you date someone who's not a Christian, and you're, like, the missionary that's going to bring them to Jesus. And so you start dating them, and then maybe they'll come to church with you. Why do we actually start dating that person and not just inviting them to church? Like, there's some really cute boy, really cute girl at your school. Just, like, bring them to church. And then when they start to know Jesus and they start to resemble the same convictions and they actually want to pursue God with their life, then maybe, like, ask them out. Then maybe, like, get to know them like that. For real. Because we want to honor God with every part of our life, right? Right? We want to honor God with our sexuality. We want to honor God with our convictions. We want to honor God with how we stand. But as you go to small group tonight, I just encourage you, um, be intentional. Take some time, journal later tonight. Um, I have too much to say. I not enough time to say it, so let me pray you out. Father God, I pray for this group of teenagers, and I just pray in Jesus' name that you would be covering every one of them. I pray for um, just protection from uh, sexual temptation from mistakes, from things that could go wrong in their lives. And I just pray in Jesus' name that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that you would remove all the dark things as they continue to look onto the light, that they would open their Bibles and learn more about you, that they would be so intentional with their thoughts, be so intentional with their eyes, they would be careful to only look on things that glorify and honor Jesus. We thank you, Father, for tonight. Amen. Amen.